T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. As we get another day closer, it's funny. Vinny Serrato, when we talked to him in the 6 o'clock hour yesterday, sounded nervous about this game. I... We've, we've approached yet another Browns game that I've kind of lost my feel for what to expect from the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I expect it to be probably a low-scoring game where the Baltimore Ravens are going to come in here and, and just try to run the football down your throat, which they have the ability to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm not worried or scared about uh, Huntley going out here and having some amazing game. I think it's a game that, it's going to be really ugly. The weather's going to be ugly. Everything's going to be ugly about this game. It'll be interesting to see how the Browns try to win it because this kind of feels like the kind of game mm-hmm. because the Ravens are just going to try and run it and they're going to try and keep the ball out of the hands of Deshaun Watson. But if the Browns score first, it's going to put a lot of pressure on the Ravens. So I would imagine that I would almost imagine that Stefanski is going to be a little bit more aggressive in this game right. because if you get up by a touchdown or two, it's, I mean, if, if it comes down to early in the game, Tyler Huntley having to pass, I don't think the Ravens have a shot. And I like Tyler as a backup, and I think he might have starting potential in the future, but he he's might, just not yeah. there. You know, he kind of reminds me of Who? a really young uh, Tyrod Taylor. 
Okay. Yeah, Ty- I, could, I could see that. Tyrod was a better passer coming out of Virginia Tech, but like, and and I think I think Tyler Huntley's like a really kind of scary runner. Like, I think he's really great, but like, so so maybe that's the offset. But in terms of like a quarterback that I think somebody listen, if you say, would you rather have uh, a uh, Baker Mayfield third stop or Tyler Huntley gets his first crack at, at starting this offseason, I'd probably probably see what happens with Tyler Huntley. Worst case scenario, you're probably picking in the top three next year. Yeah, why not? I didn't realize I was going down the, the Tyler Huntley rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, where, where do you want to go? I mean, we can just talk about the game, but I just was really vibing on Tyler Huntley there for a moment. Where do you play college again? Uh, Utah. That's right. And you know what really pisses me off? Just just as an aside here, because this is now an aside on a side. All right, because the Tyler Huntley thing was the original aside, and now I'm going to go even farther aside. Okay. It pisses me off how much I love the Ravens drafts every year. Like this year. You know how much I love the tight end they drafted from Coastal? Oh, Isaiah Likely. Isaiah, oh my God. He was so awesome. Oh my God. And and by the way, I do, I have a little and soft I, spot. I will, I will admit, I fall in love with players when I do their games mm-hmm. because I get to meet them and I then see them ball out and I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be a stud. And then when they do, it's like, oh. Damn it. I also get a soft spot for programs. Like yeah, living, same. living in Charlotte, I have a little bit of a soft spot for App and I'm, for uh, Coastal. Dude, I, I'm, I'm all about App State. And the funny thing is, you know who initially made me made, got the butterflies in my tummy for App? It was Scott Satterfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mike uh, Mike London in East Carolina. Love me some Mike London as well. That dude's a hard ass. You want to talk about leader of men? Mike London's one of the few coaches I've ever been around that I'm like, man, I better not say something stupid in front of this guy. He might smack me across the table. And I was what, like, well, maybe I should When he say. was at UVA? No, 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 no. Sorry, Mike London. Um, Mike Houston. Mike Houston. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, Mike Houston for East Carolina. That That's a bad, bad dude. But no, I look like this year, Kyle Hamilton, mm-hmm. who should have been a top seven pick, fell to them at the 14th pick. And then they traded mm-hmm. up for Tyler Linderbaum, who should have also probably been a top 15 pick. But for some reason, like every five years, uh, the NFL goes through this cycle of thinking of, well, you shouldn't take a center in the top 15. And then somehow, that by the way, that's why Alex Mack, who clearly was one of the 15 best players in the NFL, fell to 21 for the Browns. Like, yeah. But yeah, I hate how, like, and Tyler Huntley was another one of those guys. Like if Tyler Huntley goes to Cleveland, Tyler Huntley's mm. never heard from again. It's like he would, it would have been like going into the uh, the witness protection program. But because he went to Baltimore, yeah. there's a place you can just slowly develop over time, and they're going to bring you along at the own speed, and here we are, a guy who might get an opportunity to start next year somewhere. And again. I mean, he he's probably like in that reset mold a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. A little bit. Of, I mean, Jacoby, remember, was a third-round pick. Yep. You know who was taken seven picks after? Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler. Oh, talk about a... Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Would the Browns be better off? Would Hugh Jackson have been better off if Jacoby Brissett had fallen to the Browns in, I think that's 2016. You never know. We'll never you know. You never know. But getting ready for this game, I so I know I know the weather's supposed to be terrible because it's supposed to be cold and windy, but I actually, I, I think people have said, oh, well, it favors the Ravens. I think it does favor a a, a running style of football, if your quarterback doesn't have the strongest arm, I think this is kind of the game where you can be a little bit greedy if you're the Browns. And, I mean, Deshaun's got a howitzer. Let Deshaun let loose a couple plays. As long as he's doing it in in, in not a triple coverage, I kind of feel like if what happens is you can be aggressive early 
mm-hmm. and you can kind of uh, not necessarily play against type against the weather and get one or two scores before the Ravens can get one. Then you can just sit back and run the damn ball. I think I think it's so weird because I have no. You feel just got to take care of the football in a game like this. But then again. I don't trust the Browns to play from behind, even though now they're built to play from behind. Because they have Deshaun, all you really need to do if you fall behind yeah. is is play tough football and have a quarterback that can score points quickly. I don't know if Deshaun's there yet, but like my biggest doubt if they fall behind in this Ravens game is not the weather. It's not is the weather going to let you make a couple throws because right. I think Deshaun's got a strong enough arm. It is is the team is the team going to let up a little bit? And I don't know, because we had, who was it yesterday? Oh, Vinny Serrato, a former NFL GM, and now with the uh, Baltimore Sports Talk Radio, 105.7 The Fan. He said he didn't see a team that gave up against the Bengals. And I guess, I like, honestly, I, I understand what he was saying. I don't think they gave up, gave up till late in that game. But, like, the energy difference from the first three drives to the second uh-huh. Cincinnati scored its first touchdown was noticeable. Like the Browns, when the Browns have a, a, a streak going of we've got a, a couple three and outs or we've forced a midfield punt, when the Browns have that, they play differently than than like once the team scores their first touchdown. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's be- lack of belief in the system. I don't know if that's uh, just the personality clashes that I think might happen on the locker room. Again, nobody's a bad guy, but just different personalities that haven't come together. I don't know, the finger pointing that we saw early in the season, I don't know. But I, do you agree with that? I, I agree with Vinny that I didn't see a team in in the fourth quarter that looked like, in this game in particular, that quit, especially defensively. I mean, they, they were still fighting to get off the field and get the football back to the offense. The offense just couldn't convert. Do you expect to see a feisty Browns team on Sunday? Um, I hope so. I do. It's at home. I mean, if they're not feisty, then that, that is a big concern. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where this is kind of the last time for the Browns to get that mojo flowing with Deshaun. Because coming home, it's a divisional game. I, I think the Ravens are a really physical defense, which should probably scare you up front. Right. But, like, if you score early, you're going to be able to just kind of pin your ears back and run the ball. And if both teams are running the ball – doesn't really matter what the Ravens do as long as you keep running the ball well, as That's long right. as you have that lead. So, like, this is kind of a sneaky game. You could really – you could turn this into the game that resurrects – not resurrects, but but kind of writes the penalties and sloppiness from a week ago. And this could be the beginning of rewriting the narrative for the Browns. Because if you win the last four games of the year, I'll be honest, I think that's all any fan's going to give a damn about in Cleveland. I think I think a lot and by the way, not just a lot of fans. I think a lot of media will say, you know what, man, they were they were five and eight. And they tore off three of the last four. Yep. Or they tore off four wins at the same point. I see this game being the if you end up giving up and again, that's they didn't give up against the the Bengals, but if you were to give up in this game, it could also be the beginning of the end of Kevin Stefanski. It's so weird how with four games to go, it doesn't really feel like uh, the story of the Browns' offseason is yet to be written in terms of changes they may or may not make. You think four weeks is enough time to 
salvage anything that they have? Um, well, salvage is tough. Like Miles Garrett today, and we're going to play the sound later in the show. But Miles today was asked if they don't make the playoffs, is that a failure? And he said, of course it's a failure. And by the way, he's 100% right. We'll get more into those comments later, but like, all right. So if we if, if it's a failure, does that mean if you go 9-8 and eight and you basically just miss the playoffs because of because uh, you lost to the wrong teams early in the season? Is that still a failure? I don't know. If if from five and eight you go to nine and eight, I would be surprised if there are any changes this offseason. If you go from five and eight to five and twelve or to to six and eleven, I'd be shocked if there weren't significant changes this offseason. We, how you feeling about the Browns heading into this Ravens game? Because from a football side of things, it's a totally winnable game. Totally winnable. And I think being at home for an organization that, or for a locker room that might be a little bit beleaguered, I actually think that's a, a a positive, but I just keep coming back to every time we've drawn up, all right, this is how the Browns do it. It's just not looked the way we thought it would going into this game. And I think that's what you and I have both kind of struggled with here. I think this game has the ability to salvage a lot. I think it's it's got the ability to uh, allow Browns fans to see Deshaun play at home for the very first time. I think it's it's got the opportunity to get people excited about mm-hmm. the future. Not necessarily anything for this year because we all know the playoffs are out the window. But in terms of what they're doing and, you know, the direction of the organization. I think it, that's, that's important. Is it wrong to say it's the last win to build on? Like left it this season, I mean, with four games to go. This is the last one you can really build something around on and try and springboard some momentum off of. Well, yeah, I mean, I think because it's a division rival, it's at home, and Deshaun's debut. Yeah, Deshaun's debut. The other division games, the final game of the season, it's on the road. Like, I, I just think this is it's it's a huge game. It really mm-hmm. is. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two. Where do you guys sit with this? What are your guys' expectations for the Browns on Saturday night against the Baltimore Ravens? Do you think we're going to see the Browns? bounce back or do you think this could be the beginning of the end of competitiveness for the Browns as they go up against uh, a nine win Baltimore team what Browns team do you expect to show up on Sunday we got a few people here uh joining in Kyle welcome to the show buddy what you got for us hey what's going on guys um so I think if nothing else uh these Browns players that should show up are ones that are playing for their job at this point um you know, like if if it's not going to be for the Browns, I, I I would think that they would hopefully go into this game and play as if it's an audition for the other 31 teams that are, you know, out there that they could potentially be playing for if it doesn't work out for the Browns. And one thing about the Chick-fil-A sauce, I'm going to give you a secret that probably will change your life. Next time you go and get Chinese food, mm-hmm. Ooh. You get chicken fried rice. Take a little bit of that Chick Fil A sauce and put that on there, and it almost like will... a yum yum sauce. Oh, Kyle! Yes, you oh. are a friend of the program. Not to steal Baskin and Phelps' bit. Thanks for the call, buddy. Um, you know, I don't know. It's so weird because I agree with Kyle that you know, if you are a self interested player, these next four games, if you're Jadavian Clowney or Jack Conklin, and by the way, I don't think Jack is. I think Jack's a gamer. So I don't, I don't want to make it seem like a negative inference. But if you're going to be a free agent or if you're a young guy that you know barely made the roster this year, I, I understand the mentality of 
you've got four games to go ahead and put good tape out there for either the Browns or another NFL team, but it just feels like I don't know. It's the whole season's been 53 guys playing for 53 guys. Yeah. Right. Or, or, you know, maybe on, maybe on offense, it was all 11 for one, but on defense, it was 11 for 11. Right. I don't know that those individual things, I I don't know how much that's going to matter to the actual success of the Browns though. Because you still have guys selectively playing hard in, in that theory. I don't, I'm not sure we're there yet. I'm just saying, like, I don't know that's going to help the Browns show up and play well and, and, and have a chance to really turn the next four games into a jumping off point for next year. I, I think you're, you're on to something. It's not it, – unless we just see guys, like, as a whole, the defense like we did against the, the Dolphins just kind of turning it down, mm-hmm. I don't think we'll see that again. I don't think we'll see that in this game. Now that Deshaun's back, I just I, I think you're because you're going to see selected players that are going to play hard, mm-hmm. which means you're going to have some guys want to make tackles, some guys that are going to want to be in their responsibilities and their gaps, and other guys that are just kind of kind of half ass it and get through the game, get the check. Dusty, in a minute or two, we're going to have to play something that. Oh, I, it's been a rough week for calling dudes out. We, you and I, have had a lot of things to say about Kevin Stefanski this week and putting some names on it. Um. There's another member of the coaching staff that drew my ire today, and I want to get to that, but uh, Nate has been wait- waiting patiently. Nate, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Listen, uh, two things, man. I think that this Saturday, Cleveland will come out, man, as a team and play their hearts out because they do want to win. I believe every player wants to make it to the playoffs. The problem that I'm having is that I don't think they will have the coaching on the defense or the offense to put them in a position to actually execute and win. And secondly, uh, I wanted to know that if Kevin Stefanski, as we're evaluating him, if he was on another football team that we know that's going to make the playoffs, if he was Kansas City's coach, Buffalo's coach, Miami's coach, would they make it to the playoffs or would their record be just like Cleveland's record is now? And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Nate. What do you think on that one, bud? I, I I don't know. I I I think two things. I think if they had fired Joe Woods uh after the Patriots game, I think there's a chance the record's better. I I I think guys are playing hard, but I don't know guys are playing hard for Joe Woods. I, I think that I think there's a I don't know that guys on this team believe in what Joe yeah, Woods is putting together. I, I, I tend to agree with that. I heard Garrett Bush hosting the morning show the other day. I know Garrett's tight with some of the players. And he said he knows for a fact that you know some of the guys on that defense do not believe in what Joe Woods is, is, is you know doing and putting them in you know certain positions. So I do think the record would be different. I also think, like, put Brian Flores as the head of this team. And, I, and listen, this is a little bit, it's a lot of bit of revisionist history. So maybe that's not fair to Kevin Stefanski, all right? And I do think, like, I I might make fun of Kevin for his press conferences, but I don't want to be unfair to Kevin. So it might be a little unfair what I'm about to do. But if Brian Flores is the head coach of this team, you've probably got a playoff spot or you're in a position for a playoff spot right now. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, who I started the Jim Harbaugh to the Browns uh, bandwagon earlier this week, and then Lima got on it, and the cabal got on it, um, if if Jim Harbaugh was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns right now, I don't think they're five and eight. I just feel like Nick, any halfway decent coach 
who just even even if they just coached average mm-hmm. would have this team in the playoffs. And here's why: because the Browns overthink things. Mm-hmm. The way that they do things and go about their business, it, and it tells me a lot, uh, especially seeing the comments from uh, Mary Kay's article when she she talked to Van Pelt and and how the staff just fully believed in 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 taking Deshaun Watson out of the field, like, off the field, like on that play, like. They're they're just dead set in their ways about doing things their way, and if it doesn't have success, they just say, "Well, if it would have worked, you'd all loved it." I love that line, by the way. That Alex Van Pelt was like, "There's not a coach in there that disagreed with that play," and in my head, I was like, "Well, then I guess I'll fire all of you." <laughs> like that that didn't your you being steadfast and taking the two hundred thirty million dollar quarterback off the field for a fourth and one. Uh, faking a a quarterback, or or sorry, uh, acting like you're going to go for the QB sneak and then having the big play over the top with DPJ. If if everybody's steadfast in that with that idea, then none of you deserve to be paid. Like, that was my reaction. It, it, not it, well, it, they all agreed on it. It's a, it's a, it's an old old cliche, but like if the Browns just played trestle ball all year long, mm-hmm. they'd be in the playoffs. Well, and it's less to me. Like I don't. It's so funny because I heard Mary Kay this morning on, and we, we're going to get to some of that uh, later today. But I heard Mary Kay on the morning show today, and she was like, "Well, I like the fourth one, fourth and one call." And I, th- I think the the call itself was not the issue. the The decision to sub out the quarterback, yeah, the, was the, the guy issue. who was executing the play was the issue. Yeah, so I like the Browns' aggressiveness. I don't, I don't get wrapped up in analytics or football guy. Football guys can be just as full of crap as analytics guys. Analytics guys can be just as full of crap as football guys. I don't care the philosophy because you can win with any one of the philosophies from the most extreme analytics to the most extreme uh, football guy, you know, jocular, kneecap-biting son of guns like, <laughs> like Dan Campbell. You can win either way, but they're – but within the actual coach itself, you need balance. If Kevin Stefanski was 25% more of a leader of men, I think you're probably in a playoff spot right now. I think Kevin, I think Kevin has everything you want as a or sorry, everything I want as a head coach, except it's clear he hasn't found a way to turn 53 into one. And that's a problem. That's not something that can be coached up. It's not something that, you know. At least in this current way, Andrew Barry can't make up for that. Uh, Paul D. Podesta, because they're all very similar personalities. Now, in a different, if it was Kevin Stefanski and John Dorsey, well, maybe that would be a different kind of way, because then John Dorsey could swing the uh, the roster sway, and that could be part of that leader of men, that discipline that we've talked about. But in this scenario, I think the thing that might be missing is a bit of an ass kicker. And unfortunately, that's the just the one thing I just don't think Kevin Stefanski does. No, and, and l- listen, they don't have to go over the top and go get the the biggest hardo that you can find on on the market to come coach this team. There's a balance, you know. Like I, I really do, don't think Dan Campbell's the biggest hard ass you're gonna you find. I think yep. he's. I think deep down, he seems like a sweet guy. He just looks intimidating because he's huge. He's got a, a badass goatee, and he's a bit of a meathead, he, and he's a meathead. Yeah. Or at least he's a former tight end in the NFL. Like he's mm-hmm. going to be a little bit of a meathead. Two one, but he delegates well. Yeah, well, and I maybe that's another way. Maybe I, I don't know because we we've debated a lot. Like how much power does Kevin Stefanski really have? I think I think it's really interesting. How much does he really need? 
Well, well, I mean, you need to be able to that. I think that that's actually a great point. You don't need a lot of power to to be able to 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 rally guys and to be able to rally the troops. Our next guest is going to be on sidelines for NFL Network uh, on the call. Rich Eisen, Steve Weish, and Kurt Warner, and our next guest now, Stacy Dales of NFL Network on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Stacy, welcome to the show. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I feel welcome after that introduction. That, that is that how you welcome people to Cleveland, you guys? Like, come on, what the hell, man? Uh, yeah, we actually. This is a, so a lot of Clevelanders would <laughs> yeah. just be really nice and fake about it. Not this show. We're gonna be. It's gonna be cold <laughs> as hell, and we're trying to help you out. In the long run, I think you'll appreciate our approach. No, I appreciate the heads up. I actually just, uh, you know, got off the uh, Cleveland Browns Zoom production calls, but I pre-packed because I, I saw that there were flurries in the schedule. And, uh, you know, it's always cold by the lake. It's always cold by the water. So I'm expecting nothing less. I mean, it's December football. It's AFC North football, and I've got uh, got my parker ready to go. Stacy, would you rather work in cold, snowy weather or cold, uh-huh. rainy weather? cold snowy hands down i mean i'm originally canadian so um did you you stop being canadian (laughs) (laughs) no i'm originally from canada but i i grew up in snowbanks so that's much easier (laughs) they took umbrage to my canadian line yeah my dog pound just just went loose but uh, yeah, I'll take the snow over rain. Rain is damp, um, but whatever it is, it'll be football weather. And, and uh, you know, I'm used to being in Green Bay. I'm used to being that, which is the coldest NFL town, by the way, by far. So I, I, I'll be I'll be prepared for this one. Stacy, as you look at this game and prep for the game, and you've mm-hmm. you've you've talked to players, and you know, you, you kind of get a feel for for what to expect. What do you expect from this game from Deshaun Watson versus the Baltimore Ravens and their backup quarterback, uh, Tyler Huntley? Yeah, I, well, I I expect what we always do um, in the in these AFC North games, is which team can run the ball and will t- to run the ball better, um, because that's what they do. I was just on a production call and listened to Joe Woods talk about game planning against the Baltimore Ravens, who's you know obviously their defensive coordinator in Cleveland and. It's what they do. It's their identity. And I think if you would talk to Kevin Stefanski, he would say the same thing. In order to, you know, to, to give Deshaun Watson that sort of comfortability that he's looking for because the timing still isn't there with the receivers and probably shouldn't be um, because he's only played two games after missing 11 and some more, um, it's to run the football. So, you know, the Ravens have historically done a really good job against Nick Chubb, but I think it'll be, you know, efficient runs are what Kevin Stefanski is looking for. And uh, these defenses are both, as you guys know, really good. So uh, especially with this weather, if it is rainy, if it is, if there are flurries, um, and then with these two quarterbacks, I, I expect a lot of, you know, the emphasis to be on the ground. Stacey, I'm, I'm not sure how many uh, Browns games you've been able to watch in, in full this year, but I... I am just curious, like what what is of the Browns games and, and Browns film you have watched? What's what stood out about this team to you? Well, obviously their defensive front is always good to me. Um, I think they have a talented secondary, but I, I think it's been a, a whirlwind of a year for them. I, I my whole synopsis, I have watched them guys at various times throughout the season, and you know it's a very odd dynamic to know that you know obviously what what transpired with Deshaun Watson. 
And Jacoby Brissett's going to be your quarterback for 11 games, but he is literally going to lose his job. There will not be a quarterback battle to a former All-Pro quarterback in Deshaun Watson. I think actually Kevin Stefanski deserves a lot of credit because what a tricky situation to navigate for the head coach and play caller, right? Um, Knowing that this would change. And, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, literally, I asked him, I just will ask him, do you feel like you're restarting football? Do Do you think you're starting over like two weeks ago moving forward? And he said, definitely. Like, this is like a rebirth of his career. Can he get back to the MVP caliber player that he was in Houston Um, and relearning, like relearning literally, he said, like, it's like a bicycle, Um, you know, putting your hands on the the pedals and, you know, kicking your leg over, putting your hands on the pedals and, you know, or your feet on the pedals and putting your hands on the the handlebars and knowing when to do something and do something differently. It's completely relearning the game in a way. But the beauty of that is it comes faster when you've done it. So I think we saw last week, even though they lost, right, um, to Cincinnati, there were glimpses of that. And I think it'll exponentially grow each week. And, uh, you know, obviously they can run the ball more with him out of, you know, the designs and when he so chooses. But it's a, it's a process. I mean, it takes the offensive line to, to relearn the quarterback. It takes the receivers time to learn the route concepts with the quarterback and where he needs them to be. So, uh, you know, the whole thing, guys, I would just – its it's been a weird year, almost like, um, you know, a team in rebuild around the quarterback in some respects. How does he sound, you know, in terms of his confidence, in terms of just, you know, uh, him getting back on the field and, and trying to put mm-hmm. everything behind him? Uh, I think he sounds really good. I think he sounds like he's had a rebirth and um, I think he appreciates the opportunity that he has. Uh, I think that Jacoby Brissett's been instrumental in his mental sort of approach to things each week. You can't, you can't forget he wasn't allowed to be a part of the team for X amount of weeks, like literally a couple months, like no team activities, no playbook. They were not allowed to give him a playbook. So you know, he feverishly studied what he had learned in the off season, and then watched every game, of course, on Sundays. And you know, had that playbook with him, watching these games. It's it's really a you know a fascinating story. You know, obviously, when everything transpired quite some time ago with his you know situation from Houston as a woman, it was it was hard and it was difficult for me. And and I try to like moving forward think. You know, he was given uh, a punishment. He went through the punishment. And I believe people, you know, can go through life and maybe have second chances or third chances. And my heart goes there to a degree. So, you know, I think listening to him and and seeing his appreciation for the game, this team uh, relationship with Kevin Stefanski, I think he's very appreciative. And I, I, you know, you always hope that anytime we make mistakes in life, we learn from them and don't make the same mistakes. And, uh, you know, I see a Deshaun Watson who's really eager to um, show his appreciation for his team and, and, you know, try to win football games for them. Stacy, I'm asking this because uh, I thought the Browns had a good matchup against the Bengals last week and I got a rude awakening. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking for somebody to make me feel better a little bit here. Uh, how do you think the Browns, as they, as they are the last couple games, match up against the Ravens as they are the last couple games? 
I think they match up because they know each other. I mean, I, I think this will be another close game. It was in week seven. This was a three-point game, and it was a block, a, a Calais Campbell block or something, or somebody blocked it at the end. It was a it came down to teams. And, you know, the, these are the types of games that are going to come to, down to fumbles, turnovers, and special teams um, situations, situational football. I, I think it'll be close. Um, I expect nonetheless. I will be interested to see if the Ravens um, carry three – quarterbacks into this thing because of what Tyler Huntley has gone through. I mean, he's cleared and he's good to go. Uh, very similar to Lamar Jackson, but there aren't many Lamar Jacksons, but the scheme doesn't really change. So maybe a few less design runs from Huntley, but um, we're going to get Ravens Browns as we typically do. But I, I just really think, you know, the difference maker to me for the Ravens will be Mark Andrews. I mean, he didn't have a catch back in week seven, despite the win. Um, and then for Cleveland, it's Nick Chubb. The Ravens have done a great job keeping him under 100. I think it's the last four games that they've played against him. Like, I think they have to get Nick Chubb to explode on Saturday. Um, but, yeah, it should be a great, great AFC North game. I think the obvious that I'm not saying is that the Ravens need to win this. You know, they're, they're neck and neck right now with the Bengals. They have the tiebreaker, but the two of them face each other in, in the final week of the year. And, you know, Cincinnati's pretty damn hot right now. So, uh, you know, despite injuries, everybody's dealing with injuries. Uh, this is a game Baltimore has to win. And uh, I don't think the Browns are going to make it easy. Stacey, I have a job-related question. I, I travel quite a bit during the football season, every week, in yeah. fact. And I've got all these pet peeves that I find along the way. And I know you travel <laughs> quite a bit as well. What's your biggest traveling pet peeve? <laughs> oh, God. Um. You know, I, I, I people that stop in the corridor of the, you know, because I'm on a mission. When I when I'm walking in my gate, like people that stop and socialize, like in the middle of the hallway at yep. O'Hare, just drives me insane. The removal of shoes on airplanes, oh. so see it as much. Ana these one. animals. Yeah, yeah, and then I think the last one because you really teed me off here is, you know everybody's in such a hurry to get their, their stuff out of the overhead bin. Like, I'm mean, we're putting elbows out there. Like, I'm just like, everybody needs to calm the heck down right now. We're speaking we the same language, Stacey. Yeah, we're getting off at the same time. How about you? Uh, that's oh, no, that's number one. We got about uh, 12 minutes of content. Out yeah. Of that I mean, one. that's, that's number one. I mean, number two, I just, I just, this weekend, it really bothered me. If you're on a full flight, you don't put two items in the overhead. Put your put your backpack under the the seat like a civilized human being. That's I mean that, that really bothered me this weekend. Or a jacket. Yeah. Right? Oh. That's lame, man. Or how about the person that takes your stuff on the overhead bin and then they start moving yes. it and pushing it that's back? That's another good one to add. Yeah, I mean, we we started a good list. I'm sure your listeners could uh, chime in. <laughs> Stacy, great stuff. We appreciate it. Enjoy the game this weekend and stay warm. Thanks for having me, guys. You too. We'll see you Saturday. Thank you so much. Stacey Dales, NFL Network there. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. 
anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.